This radio program is PG-13. Parents strongly caution some material may be inappropriate for children under the age of 13. Send me Jesus' mission was to comfort those who mourn, bind up the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to captives, and open prison doors for those who are bound. For those who want more than status quo Christianity has to offer, Blazing Grace Radio begins now. And here is your host, Mike Janung. Hey, Mike Janung here, and welcome back to Blazing Grace Radio. Glad to have you along. Thanks for joining us on this journey of life. And I am a rogue Christian, which means I'm not satisfied with status quo Christianity and going to a church and having a lukewarm message. I want to know all of God's counsel. I want to be challenged to live a life that counts for eternity. I want to be challenged to have a prayer life that goes over and above two minutes in the morning saying, God, be with me, and boom, I'm gone. I want to have all of God and all of he has for me, including when it's needed, conviction of sin and all of its healing and grace and love and all that he has. And that's the abundant life that Jesus promised. A part of what we do on this broadcast is to give people a voice who often do not have a voice in church. So, for example, I have on a lot men who struggle with porn and they've shared their stories and I've had women who struggle with porn and they've shared their stories and often these get swept these stories get swept under the rug and wives wives often get forgotten whose husbands have porn problems and they get swept under the rug so we are giving people a voice who desperately need to be heard so we understand the directions we need to take as a body of Christ and one thing that really burns in me is when I read these surveys that 75% of youth are walking away from the church and hitting the exits, and I'm a father of four, and and that just it boggles my mind that we never hear this mentioned at all from the pulpit. How can that be that you don't take a hard look at something is seriously wrong here if if 75% of youth are leaving, we're losing or have lost one or the other, the next generation. When I talk to youth, I hear words like, we're hungry for more, but we're not getting it. So today, you're going to hear the voice of youth. And today I have Sean Janung, who is my son. He's 28 years old. And we have Rebecca Janung. She's 20 years old. So Sean and Rebecca, welcome back to the program. Thank you for Thank having you. me. So, Sean, we were talking recently, and you made a comment that, that, that youth feel disconnected from the church. Talk about that, and what does that mean to you? Well, the church as a whole has um, not done much to foster fellowship or community. The average churchgoer's experience is to go to church a Sunday a week, sing some songs, listen to a teaching, and then go home. There is no prayer. There's very little prayer in churches these days. Um, 
And you look at the early churches, there is breaking of bread. People go to each other's homes, get to know each other, know their strengths and weaknesses, what they're struggling with, pray for, uplift, and support each other. And very few Christians get to have that life today, um, especially when you look at the statistics of isolation. It's skyrocketing, and the churches have done very little to address that. So you, at your age, what have you found and what are you hungry for? Um, well, I found a church that has um, a young adults community. We get to each o- with each other every week. We um, eat dinner together. We um, talk about what each other's struggling with. We pray for each other. We uplift each other. We go over a Bible message and we discuss it, how it will impact and affect our daily lives, how we can apply it. And um, there's a great fellowship and bonding there. Mm-hmm. Becca, your comments on this? Uh, I agree with him. I think especially in the youth ministry, you don't get much connection. You go, you play some games and hear a nice story, and then you go home. And it's very much like high school in a way where you're not getting taught how to to live a Christian life, really, or being equipped. Was that your, I think you told me before that that was kind of your experience, that it was like cliques in the youth group? Yeah, like high school, where if there's friend groups already, and if you come in, you don't feel like you might not belong, so already you feel like you don't belong in a church where you should, where everyone should come and connect together and have relationships and fellowship, especially at a church. So are you, I think what I'm hearing you both say is that we're not really a church that is devoted to prayer, fellowship, and teaching. Is that right? Right, yeah. Absolutely. I'm going to read to you a quote from a pastor. This is Dave Gass, the former pastor at Grace Family Fellowship. He's a pastor at Covenant Church and Cedar Community Church. He took to social media and announced after 40 years of being a devout follower, 20 of those being an evangelical pastor, I am walking away from the faith. Even though this has been a massive bomb drop in my life, it has been decades in the making. And what we, as I mentioned at the beginning of the program, when we see so many youth walking away, or you could even say falling away, and adults, what is your take on what's going on and what we should be doing, Sean? Uh, well, we all need to find a group of fellow believers who can support us, uplift us, pray for us, are there when we need it. Um, you may be able to find it through the church. You may have to find it through other ways, through friends. Um, but the important thing is to stay connected. We weren't meant to live this life alone. In fact, I believe the first thing God said that was not good was for man to be alone. So we need to keep that in mind and address that and what would you where would you place spiritual warfare in that context with falling away and what's going on to people oh um isolation is where it breeds many sins that's where you get picked off alone where you're weakest if you have no one you can turn to for help and you're just trying to be superman you're going to fail is the church equipping youth to be spiritual warriors and talking openly about this? I don't think the church is equipping anyone to be spiritual warriors. Have you heard falling away, the falling away discussed at any churches, youth groups, anything? No, they like to dust it under the rug. I don't think it makes them look good to have those numbers around. Mm-hmm. Because why? 
Why do you think that? Because that means they're failing, and they don't want to admit that. Mm-hmm. Becca, your take? I agree. I think that churches need to be open about these things. They're real issues, and it's in your church. And if you keep trying to push it under the rug, it's just going to get worse, and one day you are going to fail, even though it's looking like that already. So I agree that having a community where you can open up at a safe place is important. Also, your own personal prayer life as well is where you're the strongest. And just really talking about it in church openly. Have you, you, both of you were raised in a Christian school. Have you, starting with you, Becca, seen other people you knew who have basically distanced from God in the years you've left high school? I've seen a few of People that I knew in high school, yeah, who on social media have come out as gay or just don't do anything with God anymore. And it's sad. But yeah, I do see that. Mm. And how often did you hear issues like homosexuality brought up when you were going to church? Going to church? Uh, not much. <laughs> Maybe in school it was brought up once and it was just... You know, just Sodom and Gomorrah, you know, don't do it. It's in God made you to love men with women and women with men, but in church, not much at all. Mm. And these are issues that are all over. I mean, they're stuffed down our throats every day, and and the enemy is attacking with lies that if you go this direction with somebody the opposite sex, this is going to make you feel good or complete, and... So what is your take on what should be happening with this issue? Or are there other sexual issues? Um, goes back to just talking about it. You know, it is happening. Just need to open up. I know that it can, these topics make people uncomfortable. But once you start talking about it, it gets easier. And that's how lives get set free. So um, I feel like some churches aren't... Uh, some leaders aren't equipped, so unequipped leaders are not going to equip people these days. They're flocks, so I think just having open communication and also with parents and their children as well. I don't think parents are talking to their kids much about their sexuality either or their kids feel scared to open up about that with their parents. Mm, that's a good point, that mom and dad need to... Um be talking early and often about sex. Is that something you would agree on? Yeah. And of course, I'm a little inside <laughs> going on here because my preached about sex and my kids have known to heard me talk about it from along from when they were young. Sean, your take on all this? Um, it takes a village to raise a child. Both the churches should be equipping people, but parents need to as well. Uh, parents should take an active role in their kids' lives and listen to them um, without judgment, try to educate them on what's right and wrong, and lead by example. Um, I've walked into you praying in your room several times, and that's that's affected me in um, positive ways, seeing that's how, um, how you stay connected to God um, so resolutely. Okay, I'm going to start bawling here, so we're going to change the subject now. <laughs> um, that was good. Thank you. 
But yeah, I mean, you can we can preach about the Bible all we want, but in the end, do kids really are you following what your parents do or what they talk about? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Children are very impressionable and they will follow what they see. So if they see parents just speaking one thing but doing the opposite, it's not going to stick. Mm-hmm. Or how you mentioned even last week's show how kids find their parents' porn magazines and that's how they get hooked. You know, that's how th- they're very impressionable at a very young age. So I was very fortunate of having you and my mom as good godly leaders. And I know that's not most case for some kids, which is sad, but it's true that kids are very impressionable by their parents as well. So, Rebecca, um, you've been around the ministry for several years now, and what are your thoughts on when a young woman starts dating a guy and knowing that the porn viewing levels are so high, how a young woman should approach that? Should she just say nothing and hope there's not a problem until marriage or, or what? Um, well, I haven't dated yet and I don't want to because of it, but I think it does need to be discussed very early on in the relationship so that you can work on it before getting married and before you know, you settle down. (laughs) So I think it needs to be talked about and also to have compassion for the other person and to work with them together if it is a struggle with the other person and just to be worked out early on in the relationship. Yeah, it's good because if um, the big mistake a lot of people make is Nobody knows the couple. The husband does not tell, or the fiance doesn't tell the girlfriend he's got a porn problem, and then he hides it. And then ten, twenty, thirty, forty years down the line, it comes out, and then it blows up their marriage. And in between, um, it's just a lot of strife. Do you? What did you see growing up in a Christian school? What, what kids were doing? What kind of stories can you tell what they were saying about sex and porn and masturbation? Sean, you can go first. Um, there were pretty prevalent problems growing up in a Christian school. Probably wasn't much different from any other high school. Um, you hear about kids having sex with each other and um, um, it just felt like um, – you learn more about sex from what everyone's telling each other than from schools or parents most of the time. Rebecca? Well, I know that a Christian school doesn't mean a perfect school, but um, I know that my sister had seen a few boys watching it on the school, watching porn on the school computers, so Obviously, it was in the school already, but um, I've heard classmates talking about sex as well. I I knew that I think a few girls even hid their pregnancies during their last senior year, so that was kind of shocking to see. But, yeah, it was very prevalent in our Christian school. Do teachers seem aware of these issues? I think that they know about it, but they're just not 
they're trying to keep it hidden so that they don't have to talk about it or make other kids uncomfortable or, yeah. I think they know about it. They just don't do anything about it or only talk to the kid about it who's dealing with it. John, your take? Um, I'm sure teachers are aware. It also must be hard for them to have 100-plus students to manage just trying to remember everyone's name. So um, if teachers had the opportunity to be more um, available and supportive, that would be beneficial to kids, I think. So what would that look like? Are you saying they're really not right now or it's not clear to the kids they're available? Um, well, I guess it would depend on the school and the teacher. I did have one teacher reach out to me um, when my um, grades were dropping a little bit. That felt nice to have that connection with him. Um, and I felt like I could have gone to him if I had issues or something like that. So just having that line there was really nice. Mm. I'm going to read some statistics that have come out recently and and then have you two give me your comments on what you think is happening or what has happened. So before the pandemic, 14% of Americans read the Bible daily. Now only 10% of American Christians do read the Bible every day. 90% of U.S. Christians are isolated, meaning they do not meet with another brother or sister on a consistent basis for the purpose of prayer and support and encouragement. 5% of churchgoers tithe. Tithing is giving 10%. For those who do not tithe but give, the average weekly giving amount per churchgoer is $17. So there's there's a heart issue going on there. This isn't, the money thing is just a root of a deeper issue that if you if you really dig into it, when you've been touched by the love of God, you want to give back. And then various surveys today are finding that 25 to 33 percent of Christians have not returned to church since COVID hit in those pre-pandemic years. And then porn, 94 percent of kids will have seen pornography by the age of 14. of teens and young adults have received a sexually explicit image, a sext, and 41% have sent one, and then 64% of youth pastors are going to confess to struggling with porn currently or in the past, and then you add 75% of youth are walking away from the church. So when you add all together, ladies, first this time, what goes through your mind, Becca? I think it's very sad, and I think we've lost our way in the church, and it's mind-boggling how much we've lost our way. And, I mean, these are hardcore statistics, so why aren't we talking about these things in the church? And I think that how it started is isolation. It was one of the reasons, how Sean said earlier, that having a, you know, a group of believers, I think that would have helped a lot of this not come so big in the church, but it's reality these days, and it's not being talked about, and it's sad. I'm curious um, what goes through your mind if we go to a church 
And somewhere along the line, they had, say, have everybody greet everyone and, and shake their hands. What, what's going through your mind when you when that happens? I don't like that. <laughs> it It's fake. And everyone puts on their mask and, hi, how are you? We're good. How are you? I'm good, too. You're creating isolated believers. It's fake. And that's what the church is these days. Most of them. Not all of them. Obviously, there's some good churches out there. But what I've seen... A lot of it can be fake. Mm. Sean? Well, churches really blew it during COVID. Um, that was a huge chance for them to reach out to the community and uplift and support people. And most churches just said, we're moving to a complete online service. And so that bred a lot of isolation. And it also groomed people to just stay at home and watch a church service on their computer screen and stay isolated and um, <clears throat> which is leading to a lot of the problems that we see right now. Um, it was encouraging people to not uh, stay connected to their fellow believers, to support each other and uplift each other. And um, we've only seen <clears throat> we've been seeing the effects of that more and more lately these days. And the question I asked her about what goes through your mind when you told the greet the person next to you Sunday morning, what is going through your mind? Um, it just kind of feels like going to Walmart and getting greeted by them at the front door. You'll probably not remember their name mm-hmm. next time you see them. Because at these megachurches, people change seats, so you might not even ever see that person again. Mm-hmm. And I want to make it clear, nobody's here to church bash and a lot of this doesn't sound very positive <laughs> part of what we do is try to encourage people to and and but we can't sweep the truth under the rug at the same time and sometimes our youth are going to be even more honest than the adults and so that's that's why with this broadcast and others when I have youth on I just want the truth because you can't rebuild anything if you see what has been broken. And so if you got cancer, you can't pretend you don't have cancer. Uh, if you do, if you, just, if you go to a doctor and he says, you just got a cold, but you got stage three or four terminal cancer, um, you're going you're gonna to die. So the heart behind this is not to sit there and slam and tear apart, but to say, okay, here's where we are, but here's where we need to go. So... Becca, let's say you're leading a youth group. What do you do? Um, I think I think small groups is a great way to get people comfortable with each other and to get to know each other. So I'd start off with small groups of three to five people, and that way you know faces in your group and um, prayer, a lot of prayer in it. Of course, they're going to be praying, and that's where your power comes from. And so, as you said before, fellowship and prayer is probably what I would go for. Mm. Sean, your take on what you would do if you led a youth group? Um, I would try to do it like the early churches did, with a lot of prayer, keep an open, inviting atmosphere, not judge people for their mistakes, but rather uplift, encourage, and support them, pray for them. Um break bread with each other, get to know people. Um, 
and just continue to focus on Christ. Top three topics you'd like to see mentioned in church or the youth group, Becca? Um, I guess porn, um, the occult, and isolation, breaking that free. Top three, Sean? Staying connected with other believers, um, spiritual warfare, and um, fighting temptation. Mm, that's good. Both of you, that's good. All right, my friends. Thank you for joining. I think they had great points at the end there about what they would do if, if they were leading a youth group, and I encourage you to take that to heart. They mentioned things like the occult and resisting temptation, and th- those are big things in addition to warfare and being connected in prayer. So it goes back to those things often we got to equip our people. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Do you want to be free? Blazing Grace is a nonprofit international ministry for the sexually broken and the spouse. Please visit us at blazinggrace.org for information on Mike Janung's books, groups, counseling, or to have Mike speak at your organization. You can email us at email at blazinggrace.org or call our office in Chandler, Arizona at 719-888-5144. Again, visit us at blazinggrace.org. Email us at email at blazinggrace.org or call the office at 719-888-5144.